Welcome to another edition of From the Stands, the Cool Picks Show. On today's episode, we chat with three-time Olympic ice hockey women's goaltender Sammy Jo Small on her hockey career, what it was like to compete at the Olympics as well as the IIHF World Championships, her journey through hockey, and her new published book, uh, The Role I Played. Before we get Sammy Joe on the podcast, we would, of course, like to just give recognition to our sponsors of the show, Mad Creative with Matthew DeCastro on the images you see for each episode, Jay Salty Photography for the production work behind the show, and of course, your sponsors with Hush Blankets and the Great North Apparel. You can find all of the links to the uh, all, all of our sponsors on my Instagram and Twitter bio links as well to get your discounts on potential Hush products as well as the Great north and check out our other uh production team as well without further ado let's get sammy joe on the uh podcast and start talking some hockey and find out what it was like to grow in women's hockey all right sammy joe small how are you i'm doing really great thanks for having me on your show ryan yeah no problem thank you for taking the time uh for being how uh or being on the show how are things during the this pandemic for you Well, I think like everybody, it's been um, challenging, but at the same time, rewarding. You know, getting to spend time with family um, that you might not otherwise get to spend. Uh, We have a young four-year-old daughter, so uh, homeschooling her initially uh, was different, but I actually found it really enjoyable, um, spending time with her and seeing her progress. Um, You know, you send them off to school and you don't necessarily know what they're learning. Um, but she was super excited to finally get back to real school and see other real kids and not just have mom teacher all the time. Yeah. So, um, but she's had, she had one sort of uh, runny nose that she had to miss four or five days of school. So you pivot and you change and you're just kind of ready for every day, you kind of take each day at a time. But so far we're very fortunate and um, it certainly could be way worse. Definitely. And it's definitely an interesting aspect of, like you said, being able to see your daughter grow and develop uh, in school um, and just knowing that you have that much more of an impact on her future career as well. For sure. And just, you know, being able to see her go through it is, um, is amazing. And it, it, through all of this, you know, for some people it's given um, them lots of time during the days, but uh, when you have a small child, that doesn't happen. Um, But it also then gives us something to do too. You know, it's, it's a focus and it's something to take your mind off the larger tragedies that are happening in the world and just kind of have that focus for the day that you can, um, you know, teach them and uh, play with them and have fun with them. That's great. Well, let's turn to some positive news and and talk about you. That's why you're on the show today. Um, So my first question for you is how did we, or how did you know that hockey was going to be your passion and potentially a career for you? So I didn't, to be honest. Um, I grew up at a time when women's hockey was not a national team sport and not an Olympic sport. So um, I played a ton of hockey uh, as a young child, but um, like most of my teammates dreamt of playing in the NHL. And I guess I had the realization that I probably wasn't going to get to play in the NHL, despite the fact that I played double A and triple A boys hockey. Um, There was other guys that were better than me out there. And so I played a ton of different sports that were offered at my school. And um, it, uh, I always had this dream of going to the Olympic games and I didn't know what sport or how I was going to get there. And it really wasn't until my very first tryout with the national team that I started to have these dreams within the sport of women's hockey. So 
Um, I guess my passion has always been sports. I love sports and I think hockey has just been a vehicle to be able to play. Um, especially growing up in Winnipeg, there's a lot of hockey. So it's kind of what we did and, you know, I still love it. I just played some rec hockey this morning and, um, it, uh, still brings me such joy, but it could be any sport. It, you know, it, it isn't necessarily just hockey. That's great. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's nice to be able to during this pandemic still play the sports that we love to a degree, obviously while being safe, but, uh, at least it's nice that you're able to. Yeah, get it certainly to- has been nice mentally and we live in the Peel region. Um, and there will likely be more shutdowns. And so, you know, this morning on the ice, uh, that was one thing that we talked about was to just really enjoy what we do get to do. And, you know, you listen to the authorities and um, take their directive when it's necessary. And when you do get a chance to play to just really appreciate it, because um, you don't know when you're going to get to play again. Um, but even just getting outside and being fit and active, I think has been really great for um, Canadians for their mental health but also just for their health in general um, to be able to have time to do these things. It, uh, you know, it's, it's not real life, but it can take you away from what might be really tough times for an hour and just be able to smile. That's great. Now you began your career in 1997 and found yourself competing in the 1998 Olympics in uh, Nagano. What was it like for you to start your career off so prominently uh, on basically the biggest stage in sports? Yeah, I guess um, in women's hockey, career is um, is defined by what we define it as. So it's it's not like you sign a pro contract and all of a sudden you, you have a career. Um, I think for me, you know, people ask me, you know, when did you when did you start your career? And it's it it, it kind of morphs all into each other. So you know, playing AAA boys hockey in the city of Winnipeg maybe that's the start of my career. I don't know. Playing Stanford men's hockey could have been my career, but joining the national team in 97 and going to the Olympics in 98, um, obviously was very, very special. It was the first time I played on a a women's team. So that was different for me. Um, But being part of that very first Olympic women's hockey tournament was something that um, was just so incredibly powerful uh, because there's a lot of rookies on the team for sure, like me, who we were new to this and it was all exciting, but there was a lot of women that had fought for this right to get to the Olympic games. And so in them, we had role models, we had mentors, um, and we could learn how to act as professionals because, you know, they're up until that point, we never saw that. We never saw what that was like to train full time, to be full-time hockey players. That was not even within our, our repertoire. So, um, it, uh, you know, I think starting with my first real tournament being the Olympic Games uh, certainly started it off with Augusto, um, but losing in those games was tough for us. And I think that that, um, that loss sparked really an entire generation, a decade of dominance after that. And so I think sometimes you, you have to go through those tough times to then in order for the organization to sort of come around and um, be on the same page moving forward. Um, And so that, I think that certainly did it and it wasn't tough or it was tough to lose, but the, I think the most memorable moment of those games was seeing Cameron Ganado, who's the U S team captain receive the gold medal and realize that women's hockey was getting a gold medal in hockey was really, that was, you know, when I look back, there's something that was so powerful. 
And that's incredible too. And that's definitely a priceless moment. Um, and like you said, your career kind of starts wherever you want to define it. Um, but over the next roughly four years after those first Olympic Games, you really did make a statement for yourself and for your team because you ended up competing in the IIHF World Women's Championships in 1999 in Finland, 2001 in the U.S., and then 2000 and 2004 in Canada. During those four tournaments, you walked away with gold each time, which is hats off to you because that's truly a remarkable feat. Um, how much hard work and dedication went into competing during that six-year span in those four tournaments? Yeah, I mean, it. Um, there is, you know, an incredible amount of hard work uh, that goes into it, but it is, for me, I, I, I just was so grateful that I got to, to play. I mean, this is, this is um, something that, because we had never really dreamt about this, being a full-time hockey player was just so amazing. And it, yes, the days were long and it was grueling, um, but the hardest thing actually about winning those championships was not winning the hardest thing was making the team and having no kind of job security and all of a sudden women's hockey was taking off in Canada so we had so many more numbers playing the game so lots of push from behind uh, to be able to take your spot and that wasn't always easy you know the, the competition that went on on the ice um, just to simply make the team was perhaps the most difficult and um, so when it came time to the championships, I felt like that was sort of the icing on the cake. We could just play. And, you know, some of those championships were won in overtime by close margins. Um, it could have gone either way, but, um, team Canada had a lot of success on the world stage. And so to be a small part of that was something really special. Um, Canada had won every single major world championship since 1990. And our first loss actually came right before the Torino Olympics, which is in 2005. So um, in the beginning, world championships were just every two years. Uh, but by the time I came around, they were every year. So we were, you know, winning on the world stage. And I think that that allowed us the confidence going into Salt Lake City, knowing obviously we had lost in Nagano. And so feeling like we could beat them um, at the Olympic Games because we had won the world championship gave us that confidence. Uh, but it also could have gone either way. I mean, each one of those games, like I said, was so close. And um, I think now uh, the U.S. has won something like eight of the last nine world championship. But lots of those have gone into overtime as well. So, you know, it's it's minuscule margins between the two countries. Um, but it certainly was special to be part of the dynasty that I talk about in the book, which is sort of that 10 years of um, of lots of winning. So it was uh, it was pretty special. That's great. And yeah, we're definitely going to, I have some questions about your book because I know to play hockey is one thing, but then to turn that into a book is another incredible kind of milestone marker. So I do want to get into that shortly. Um, but my next question for you or to kind of add on to that was how cool was it or for you to be able to represent Canada? Like, obviously it's cool to represent your country anywhere you compete or anywhere you play, but to be able to compete in 2000 and 2004 in Canada and then to be able to receive the gold. What was that moment like for you? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, amazing. Don't get me wrong. But I think at the time when you're going through it, um, the, you know, the job is, you're doing the job, you know. And um, in uh, throughout the Olympic cycles, we, we often play in Canada. So you get to play in front of the big stages. It might not be the World Championships, but you often get to do that. And um, Every time we played in Canada, the stands would be packed. And so 
I think that that's where really what made it so special is not just necessarily that they're cheering for you, but the, the stands are packed. And we saw that when we were in Salt Lake City as well. There's a ton of Canadian uh, flags. So even when we played in the U.S., there was Canadian flags that were cheering us on. Um, and when we played overseas, you know, Europe, European women's hockey was not as developed. So they, there just wasn't as many people in the stands. And that's what I think really made it special here in Canada was that we got to have um, – arena nhl arenas packed to watch us play and as a little girl i could have never envisioned that that could have happened um but once you step on the ice no matter where you are um for me as a goaltender um you're separated by this glass partition and i guess you it's almost like you're just you're in game mode you don't necessarily notice if it's just your friends and family 10 people in the stands or there's uh, 17,000 people in the stands. It's you're kind of in that that zone uh, to just play the game. Um, and uh, I think winning in in Canada, what made it so special was not necessarily the game for me, um, but the aftermath of being able to have my friends and family in the stands to celebrate with you afterwards was really special. That's really cool. And uh, I know, so myself, I compete in the Special Olympics. Uh, I've been playing baseball and basketball for 14 years and we won our first national championship uh, a couple of years ago in Nova Scotia. So that aspect of having those friends and family in the stands, it makes, a, difference. That, uh, it, it makes a huge difference because mm -hmm. my grandma um, actually lives in New Brunswick. So she was able to come to my first ever baseball, like national baseball tournament because we played in Vancouver in 2014 obviously neither my parents or my grandma was able to come so they made the road trip out there so we saw family after but it was so cool to be able to have that experience and share that with your family it's it definitely adds to the moment like hands down the best moment as well for sure because they're the ones that have lived all the other moments with you so to be able to get to celebrate with them makes a big difference all the drives to the hockey rink all the drives yeah. to the field yeah all the ups and downs all the yeah they and really at the end of the day they just want you to be happy so seeing you so extremely happy probably just that's what brings joy to them that, yeah, definitely. Um, now, talking further down the line in hockey, you end up playing in the CWHL where your contract was signed by the uh, Toronto Furies. And in 2014, you had one of the most outstanding games, I think, in CWHL history, posting up a 60-save performance to help your team secure the Clarkson Cup, making you also the third women's hockey or ice hockey goaltender to not only have won at the Olympics, but win at the IIHF and the Clarkson Cup. What was it like for you to have your name secured in, uh, as like a history marker for that moment? So twofold on that question. One is um, playing with that Toronto Furies team was really special. Those girls were some incredible women um, and just a, a really fun team to play on. And we didn't have a very successful team uh, throughout the season. So we narrowly made it into the playoffs and then um, upset some teams in the playoffs to win the championship. So anytime you're an underdog and you win, it's, it's amazing and miraculous. Um, and I'm still friends with a lot of those girls today. So that's that those memories are really special to me. However, I think the one thing that, um, you know, I get tagged as being in the triple crown club because I won these things. Um, but in women's hockey, we have had different championships along the way um, as the league have, has morphed into different names. And so there are 
plenty more women that have won those as well. And I think sometimes we forget about uh, the women in the 80s and 90s and 2000s that, you know, went through this as well. So I had won national championships prior. It just, we weren't in the CWHL. We were in the NWHL, which is the previous iteration of the league. So um, I guess I, I didn't see that necessarily as a milestone, even though I think the media saw that as a milestone. Um, but by, I, I mean, I'm not going to um, say it's not a nice accolade to have. Uh, people that are in the triple gold club as goaltenders, um, Kim St. Pierre and Charlie, Charlene Labonte, those are two goalies that I have such admiration and respect for that to be grouped in with them is really special. And um, so I can never discount that either. Well, it's definitely, yeah, it's, it's a accomplishment regardless of, um, of how people look at it. It's, a, it's an incredible feature um, and something at the end of the day that I know you chat about in your book and, and I want to chat about your book now. Um, and in your book uh, that you just recently came out with called The Role I Played, Canada's Greatest Hockey Olymp- Olympic Hockey Team, um, first off, congratulations on your book. I know that it's been out for a few weeks now, um, and it's I've seen posts of people sharing it, of gaining copies and things like that, and I was able to read part of your book, and it's truly incredible. Um, what was the reasoning for you to be, or to want to publish your own book about your journey and, and your experiences? Initially, the reason that I wanted to do it was um, I work as a professional speaker. So I give messages from the platform to uh, corporate clients or to associations. And a lot of speakers have a book that they sell at the back of the room afterwards. So that was my initial impetus to want to do this. That was 10 years ago. So I started writing and I realized that the stories were bigger than me. The stories were not just about me. They included a time in Canadian history that I think not too many people knew about. Um, and not too many people knew about our team and the people that were on it. And so I really wanted to get it right. And I wanted to ensure that it was uh, well, a well-written, but also well-published so that people could get their hands on it um, to be able to find out more about these incredible women that I'm so lucky to get to call my friends. I I just wanted to share their message with people. Um, And so it was not necessarily um, an easy process um, in that it took a lot of time to get the stories right, but it was something for me that I didn't really have any deadlines. I um, didn't have a timeline that I wanted to finish it by. I just kind of wrote and I just kind of worked the stories. and the manuscript to get to a point that I felt comfortable finally sharing it with publishers. And so about a year ago, um, I sold it to ECW Press, which has been amazing through this whole process. And you kind of get into their pipeline with a launch date about a year later. So that's the reason why it was launched right now. Um, And you work with their editors and uh, their graphic designers that come up with cool things like this. Um, And it has been such a learning experience for me as now an author, this is kind of a a whole new world for me. Um, But it is nice to finally have it in other people's hands. It's been with me for so long that it's it's nice to just kind of get it out there and um, have it in a real book format is is pretty incredible. Now in the book, you touch about how hard work pays off, staying focused and becoming an Olympian and really truly finding the love behind the sport. Which part and section of the book do you really resonate with the most as your like highlight moment in the book? 
Well, I think the way I wrote the book, uh, I wanted readers to take the journey with us. So I read it from a first person perspective so that readers can go along the journey with us. And I try not to pass judgment so that people can derive their own messages from the stories that we lived. And depending on where they are in their lives, um, different parts might resonate at different times. So to your question as to which part resonates the most with me, I think it is, it's dependent, you know, on the day of what I'm going through. Um, this morning, uh, I played rec hockey and we won our game. Our team hasn't won all season. So this is exciting for us. And so I think to the moments, the big moments, you know, I think to the moments where we won world championships and I was the goalie in the net when that happened. And, um, those are the moments that resonate with me today. However, uh, it might be, uh, tomorrow might be going through a, a new challenge or a new obstacle or having to deal with bigger issues and then other parts might resonate. Um, I think, you know, I write about the SARS experience of our team and not getting to go to the world championships, which is, um, uh, was sort of foreshadowing to what we are going through now. I had no idea that I was writing about the situation as it pertains to now as well. So there's, there's different moments in the book, I think, that each person will take away with them um, that will mean something to them, depending on what they're going through that day or um, at that time in their lives. And um, I just, I really wanted people to share those emotions with us and, and know that um, everybody has highs and everybody has lows and ultimately working together to support each other um, is what is going to get us through anything. That's incredible. And now where can people go to find your book? Uh, if they want to purchase it? Good question. I, uh, so pretty much everywhere right now that I've seen it, um, there isn't sort of one link that I've been sending people. So if they feel more comfortable buying it online, it is available on Amazon or any of the major retailers. Um, and if you, I know that there's um, some smaller uh, bookstores that have it available online as well. So if you prefer to use your uh, local book sh bookshop, that's great. And then all of the bookstores across Canada uh, right now are carrying it. Um, from the little tiny stores to the big massive stores and then some places in the States too that um, the publisher has put it in places that they say are hockey mad uh, areas so like Minnesota Massachusetts uh, I went to school in California so there's some in there so you know just depending um, go to your bookstore uh, support your local bookstore and um, you'll likely find it and if not ask for it because that helps too that's great. So hopefully everyone get out there, get her book, and you won't be disappointed with it. Now, I want to talk about your management side of the sport now. Obviously, it's always hard for uh, athletes, whether it's playing pro or not, to go from playing the sport to being on the management side or the coaching side of things. So in 2018, you were named the GM of the Toronto Furies. Um, how do you find being able to remain in the sport which a lot of athletes do, again, post-playing career, as I mentioned, but managing the team that you were able to play with for part of your career. The transition certainly was um, at times hard and at other times very easy. So um, I actually helped start the league in, in 2007, the CWHL, and because of that business experience that I gained through the administrative side of hockey, that allowed me to sort of have an easier transition. So you know, I enjoy, I always enjoyed administrative uh, work um, and being a GM obviously is no different. So, uh, you know, putting together the numbers and um, going over the details, I enjoyed that. I think the hardest thing for me making the transition was, 
now you're, you're make, making decisions about your friends and having to make the difficult decision uh, to be in a leadership position. I, I had never had to um, fire anybody in any of my other workplace environments. I had never gone through that. So that was incredibly difficult, um, especially when it was pertaining to people that I knew so intimately and so well. And um, a lot of the decisions were not in my hands as a coaching staff was making the decisions, but I'm the one that has to, um, to deal with them. I'm the one that has to make, you know, put them on paper. And I'm the one that obviously that stands up and suffers the brunt of the, the criticism from the player that perhaps has been cut or maybe isn't playing as much as they want. Um, so it, uh, you know, having to support my staff through all of that, um, I think made us closer as a staff. And um, I had a newer staff as well, which also I think helped because then we were kind of going through this new transition together. Um, but I really loved it. You know, I really loved the administrative side of sport. I loved um, trying to build something from within and creating a legacy within the world of sport. Now, we only got to go through it for a, a year before um, the demise of the league, but um, it's something that I, I will forever cherish and hopefully get back into um, because it's something that just br brings me so much fulfillment to be able to help others achieve their goals and their successes. That's that's awesome. I mean, yeah, the, the league was something uh, among no others. I had a friend that was playing for um, the Markham Thunder uh, during the time during the league and it, I made it out to a few of her games um, actually I think one was against the Furies and it was it's just so did cool win, or did they win uh, I can't remember I know it went into it. overtime don't remember just pretend we won <laughs> I, I, it went into overtime that's all that really matters. Okay. yeah the Furies <laughs> won that game for sure yeah, yeah. it's exciting yeah. hockey nonetheless mm. but um, no it was so cool to just see the impact that women's hockey has on the community has to the players and everyone that's involved from the coaching staff, as you mentioned, to even the the people that help out with the team um, mm -hmm. or equipment or, or whatever other roles there are within the team. It's just such an impact that the league has. Um, and obviously it's sad that the league isn't around anymore, but hopefully uh, there's going to be more steps for uh, women's hockey in the near future as we, uh, as we develop the hockey world more. Mm-hmm. Now, we had a fan question coming in um, asking that being on the side of the coaching, obviously you were having the, or on the side of the GM rather, you have the experience to share with the new group of players, your experiences, some, some mentorship roles as well. Was there one coach in your life who played a big role and was a huge influencer for you? So I like to sort of group all my male uh, minor hockey coaches together because um, they all allowed me to play. You know, any one of them could have kicked me off the team for being the only girl because that was pretty normal back in that day that girls were not allowed to play. So the fact that they allowed me to be part of their team was incredibly special. Um, I would say that when I got to college um, and uh, I was a track and field athlete, um, my coach, Robert Weir, uh, was a British Olympian. And I think what he instilled in me was the attention to detail, you know, the meticulous attention to detail. But also, um, when I told him that I was going to be playing or trying out for the women's Olympic hockey team, I thought he'd be upset. But he had such a, um, a reverence for the Olympic Games, uh, because he himself had gone that 
he encouraged me to go and try. And sometimes you just need that little extra push. Um, so I, I do credit him with that, as well as uh, a man by the name of Wally Kozak, who was the first coach within the Hockey Canada program to really have seen me play and who believed that I could play at that level before I ever believed it. Um, and I think it just sometimes takes coaches um, to really believe in you, to believe that you can be there um, and guide you through that process. So um, I'm super thankful to him that he really pushed me to uh, go to those first tryouts and um, that he, you know, for a lot of girls, this was before there was scouting across the country. So for a lot of girls that played in that era, he was the first one to have seen them play. He was the first one to sort of see that this athlete has some skill. Let's get them to Calgary and let's have them try out. So we, a lot of us have the story about Wally and just how much he has meant to our lives. And um, he's just a, an amazing coach who continues to mentor coaches in the Calgary area and has been with Hockey Canada forever. That's really cool. And it's always important uh, when you're growing in any sport, even if you're not playing a sport, to have those mentors and have those people that help support you to succeed in any aspect or any part of your life. So that's, um, it's really good that you have that support growing up. And, and hey, I mean, shout out to them because they give you the support to be, sure. be, be a multi-athlete, uh, multi-gold medal athlete. So. <laughs> Now, my last question for you was, obviously, with women's hockey, there's so many athletes and young girls that want to play hockey, um, and even guys that want to play hockey. What kind of world or what kind of experience or words of wisdom would you want to give to those athletes that want to get the next step of their career and kind of uh, excel in the sport? Yeah, um, I think two things. One is to really try to find the joy within the game. Um, at whatever level you're at. Uh, sometimes that's hard because there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of expectations. But when you step on the ice to try to find the joy in the moments, and that could be in practice, that could be in games, uh, that could be in one shift you get in the entire game, um, or that could be when you're taking the shootout final shot. Um, but to just really uh, find that joy of when you were a, a small child and playing the game for the first time. The other thing I like to um, share with uh, hockey players is to um, try to see who's not playing. Try to see who maybe has never been exposed to the game um, and try to be a mentor or a role model to them. And that could be on your team. You know, that could be somebody that never got to see power play time. Uh, well, you get all the power play time. You know, look around to see who is maybe not as involved or maybe doesn't feel as much a part of the team and go out of your way to make the team inclusive and accepting and um, it just will make your team stronger. And as an individual being a role model and mentors to others will help you living vicariously through their successes uh, will bring you joy as well. So um, I think that's, that's one of the things that I wish I did more as a, as a young athlete was to look around and see who wasn't playing. And so many of my female peers never got to play the game. Um, and you know, it's looking back now, I feel so thankful that I did, but you know, I wish that we could have had some, you know, street hockey games for all the girls that were at my school too. Um, that just, uh, it wasn't really part of my, my psyche at the time. So I try to encourage even young kids to do that, to look on the sidelines and see who isn't participating and ask them if they want to, and just don't ask them one time, keep asking because 
eventually they might want to play and you don't know uh, what that person's capable of. Um, and you don't know what friendships can come out of that as well. The great words of wisdom from Sammy Joe Small. Thank you so much, Sammy, for taking the time uh, for being on the show and congratulations on all your success our success past and present, especially with the book. And as a reminder to all the viewers, go out, go to your bookstores, get the book um, and help support and you will not be disappointed. And again, Sammy, thank you for taking the time to uh, be on the show today. Well, thank you, Ryan. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on your show and good luck with the rest of your podcasts. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. All right, everyone. That was Sammy Joe Small, three-time Olympic ice hockey goaltender for the women's national team and publisher of the role I played Canada's greatest Olympic hockey team book. Uh, again, make sure to go to your local stores, get the book and thank you again for tuning into another edition of from the stands. We look forward to tuning or having you tune in to more episodes down the road. Take care.